Hi, I'm Tony Mala, and welcome to the ASA Podcast, a program for automotive professionals that helps keep you ahead of what's now, what's new, and what's next in the business of automotive service and collision repair. This podcast is brought to you by the Automotive Service Association, dedicated to driving your success. And we'll be sharing information, insight, and inspiration that will not just help you make a living, it will help you make a difference. Hi, I'm talking today with Andy Fiffick, the owner of Rad Air Complete Car Care in North Royalton, Ohio. And we're going to talk a little bit today about what Andy's doing to find the talent he needs. Andy, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tony. Thank you. I should say welcome back to the show. You've been on before. I know we had a great conversation at the Max Convention last year. Yeah, Nashville was great. Let's dive right into it. You and I were talking briefly last week, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on how you're dealing with what your needs are. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about your business. Can you tell me what Rad Air Complete is, what it does, how many shops you have, that sort of thing? Well, we started back in 1975, so 45 years ago, as a radiator and air conditioning specialty shop. So the name Radair was was it. And uh, 1986, those in the industry that's been around that long, 1986, the Ford Taurus was car of the year, and it was the first car with a plastic and aluminum radiator, and that was the downturn of the radiator business, the start of it. So in 1986, we switched our name from Radair to Radair Complete Car Care and just started offering all services. And today, radiator air conditioning works probably less than 5% of our our workload now, and we basically do everything but body work. And uh, really specialized in the high tech stuff. So we're always training and keeping up with the latest technologies. You know, direct injection is the new thing and all the problems that start to rise out of that. And uh, so we just keep advancing with the technologies and the pace and, and we're getting bigger every year. Therefore, we need more people every year. How many shops do you have right now? We have a total of 10. We literally had 12, but we are in the side of a couple of Kmarts in the old Penske Auto Centers. And uh, when they closed the Kmart's down, we lost two facilities in the last two years. So uh, we kind of stepped back, but it made us just basically refocus on the 10 and they're stronger than ever now. And how many employees across the whole enterprise? Right now, we're about 55 technicians with about 20 support staff. Wow, big operation. Well, let's get into it. Obviously, you need talent and you're a multi-shop operator. How do you search for talent? Where do you find the technicians and the front-end staff that you need? Well, finding technicians is so difficult as anybody that's going to listen to us. We're all in the same boat, along with the plumbers and electricians and the carpenters and anybody else that you know uses their hands for a living. So the traditional old ways really don't work. I mean, we've done it all. I mean, you got the Indeeds and you got all the search engine models and all the staffing companies. They really did us no good. So what we started doing is we're focusing on two fronts now, and that's the Facebook advertising, where we're actually going out targeting and boosting our ads. And my hope was get in front of the wives of the technicians that aren't happy somewhere and and get the wife to basically, hey, you know, you ought to check this place out. You don't have to work Saturdays. You don't have to work evenings. You don't have to work holidays and weekends and hopefully get it. We've landed one or two good people that way. And then our next program is we're literally designing a whole digital campaign that is going to be a, basically a banner ads that's going to be served up to the technicians themselves, uh, wherever they're on the internet, and try to get in front of them with the same message that, hey, we're the good guys, we're family operated, family run, 
It's a great environment and we're building that campaign right now. And I think that's the new horizon as we get there. Because technically there's no new talent coming into the industry per se, whatever the number may be. Let's say we need 100,000 technicians in the next uh, two years. Maybe we're getting 10,000 into the system. So there's a vast shortage. So our hope is to pull those technicians away from our competitors that aren't happy. And we hear it all the time when I interview these people. Well, they make me do this. They don't support us on that. They got bad equipment. You know, they, they, you know, they won't be flexible with their hours. They don't give benefits. Uh, it's unfortunate that many of uh, us shop owners really don't see the value in the talent we have in our people. And I always look at it. I could have the best shop in the world. I can't get a darn thing out the door if I don't have somebody talented to work on the car. So to me, my number one asset is my staff. It sounds like you're obviously looking for experienced technicians. Do you also look for entry level? Yes, uh, we're still tied in with all the vocational schools here in the area. And I go all the time and speak at their events for them. And what I like to tell the students, and if we could get in front of the parents even better, you know, you could go get a four-year college degree, does not guarantee you a good job or a good salary when you're done. You go to a two-year trade school, and if you could work with your hands, you could have a family-sustaining salary within two years that will last a lifetime. You'll never be out of work, you, and you will have the ability to actually enhance yourself all the time. Right now, I have two great young technicians that we mentored through the high school program. They're both now in the ASEP program with General Motors and uh, the local community college in their automotive department getting their associate's degree. But that's the only two I've actually found out of that program in the last five years. You know, our whole industry needs a higher entry-level folks to be able to come behind us. In our particular group of 55, better than 60% of them are in the getting close to the 50-year range, you know, 50 years old. We have very few guys in the 30s and 40s and even fewer, you know, in the, in the 20s. So we definitely need to do that, and we're cognizant of that. So we stay active with all the vocational programs in town and the technical schools. So we're always looking for new talent. You had mentioned that you found two individuals using Facebook. Is there any other social media you're using to reach out to prospective candidates? Uh, like I said before, we're starting a whole new campaign where we're going to be using banner ads that actually target technicians on the internet and literally put our message out there that, hey, we're the good guys. We're a great place to work. You know, consider giving us a try and hope to get them, you know, to at least talk to us. Once you get to know us, we're a great group of people to work for. And we have awesome shops. Matter of fact, we have some of the only shops in Cleveland that are air conditioned. You know, so uh, I, I don't think any of my employees are going to leave us when you have great tools in an air-conditioned shop. Mm. You got to give the guys and gals, I would love to have some female technicians. I don't have one yet. But you have to give them the ability to have a great working environment, a great family life, a great career path, and a fun place to work. And we're all of that. But that message isn't out there. It's hard to get. So, uh, you know, you, you get the guys that's working in, in kind of a dead-end job. But, you know, like, like most people, you, you'll complain to the wife, but you really don't do anything about it. Well, we hope to get in front of them where they go, hey, there is a better, better place to work out there than where I'm at. And maybe we could tackle and grab a couple of those guys. And I assume in your advertisements, you talk about benefits. What benefits does your business offer? 
everything. I mean, we have 401ks, paid vacations, uniforms, healthcare. Healthcare, we only pay 50%. But in this world, if I have to go start paying healthcare at 100% to keep the people I need, we may have to go down that path. So far, it's a shared cost. But, uh, you know, we have uh, personal time off. We have benefits where they get to buy their parts at our cost of, you know, their, their family's vehicles and things like that. Mm-hmm. So anything a big company have, we have. Interesting. Let's talk about your interview process. Once you do find a candidate, how do you handle the interview process under current conditions? Are you doing them live or using a virtual interview process? What are you doing differently in the face of the pandemic? Actually, most technicians today are not really adept to doing virtual, but we haven't done that yet. I do usually myself or my VP of operations will take the first phone call we have a script all designed for that first call that we ask a bunch of questions. And one of them is literally tell us a little bit about yourself and your family life. So we get a feeling of who they are. And we ask more technical questions. If they make it through that first round, then we do actually bring them in and we do a meeting in one of the lunchrooms at the store doing proper social distancing. And then if they make that cut, we actually invite them to come work for us for a day that they may have off at their job. So, you know, let's say a lot of our facilities around here that run six, seven days a week, they may have Tuesdays and Fridays off or Mondays and Thursdays or whatever. So I say, hey, why don't you come hang out with us for a day? We'll pay you to be here and see how you like us and we like you. And, and then if they pass that test, then we'll offer them a job. And it's basically a two-week trial period followed up by another month trial period and then, you know, we, we set our goals on those two benchmarks that what we're going to adjust your pay to be based on what we know your, you know, what your capabilities are. Mm-hmm. So it's a fairly intense onboarding system. But, you know, we're not here to try to plug a hole. We're here to try to build a team. We have each facility, you know, and a, a team's got to consist of the guys that are a little bit better at diagnostics and the guys that are a little better at knocking out the hardware, guys that are good at timing chains, the guys that are good at, you know, brakes, the guys that are true diagnostic guys, and the guys that can really fix air conditioning well. You know, so you want them to be able to lean on each other and make, make a solid team. What sort of pay system are you using among your locations? Are your technicians on flat rate salary or some combination of both? How do you pay your employees? Our employees are all either salary or hourly. We have never, ever had a flat rate based or any type of commission program because I truly believe that's not right for the client. We have four golden rules we live by, and it sounds so cliche to say four golden rules, but their number one rule is fix the car right the first time. Fix the vehicle right the first time. Number two is never recommend something to a client they don't need. Charge a fair price and then make sure the client's happy. Guys that get caught in that rut of flat rate and commissions, I've seen a lot of them abuse the system. And I've actually had guys come into interviews and brag about how much they sell on cars to jack the ticket up. And we pretty much end that interview right there because that's not the type of people we want. Mm. Fix what's wrong with the car, treat the client fair, and you keep building clients. Mm -hmm. Take advantage of clients and It goes downhill. So apparently we've been doing it right for 45 years because we continue to grow and we're not changing those stripes. 
well, it sounds like the employees like the salary system better. They do because, you know, we're up here in a rust belt. <laughs> so I can't tell you how many times that job you thought was going to take three hours is now four, four and a half hours because two bolts broke or we got to pull the torches out to heat up nuts and bolts. And any head gasket job we ever go to do, you can almost bet every exhaust bolt's going to break on it. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. And I'd rather them take the hour and get it done right than to try to force through it because their pay was going to be cut because they, you know, they couldn't meet the time. Mm-hmm. To me, it's conducive to poor uh, quality of work if you're in some kind of incentive program. One of the other things you mentioned was the staff positions you have. You said you were rethinking them. How is that working for you, and what are you rethinking? Actually, we're rethinking everything we could do to make it easier for the technician to stay on the job. That may actually be putting more oil drops, you know, reels into the shop so they don't have to walk farther to get the, the products they need to do the service. We've changed out a couple of lifts to make it easier to do our lube oil and filter services. We're getting a dedicated person to do nothing but parts now. We're getting an assistant to the manager that is actually going to go. We're switching to all tablet-based systems. So we have somebody that's going to literally take the pictures for the guys, get everything loaded in the computer get the data in correctly and the VIN numbers that for everybody. So we're trying to streamline everything where the technician is doing nothing but diagnostics and repairs, you know, and of course services and maintenance go with that. So we're trying to, you know, since we're running out of technicians and we got to make the ones we have as productive as we can. So anything and everything we could do to make it easier for them, including putting air conditioning in the shops. We just finished installing air in one of the shops this spring now. Our productivity is up 8% in that shop for June and July so far. You know, so how much is the payoff for paying for the air conditioning when your productivity goes up 8%? I can tell you it's less than a year. The guys are literally walking around the shop, happy-go-lucky, thinking they died and went to heaven because the minute it gets over 75 degrees, they pop the air conditioning on, they're working in great conditions. Well, it sounds like you're redoing your infrastructure as well and focusing on improving productivity with the changes to shop equipment and the use of technology. How much has the pandemic affected your business in the last few months? I can tell you exactly. In March, we are down 5%. Mm-hmm. In April, we were down 24.2%. It brought back up in May, we were literally down 12.5%. But come June, we were up 4%. So I think there was some pent-up demand there. Plus, we have been going through a drastic heat wave here for six weeks now in the the Cleveland market. And uh, so the air conditioning sales, I think, are the major reason we're up. Wait for the other shoe to drop when this heat wave is over. And as you know, Our industry, as soon as you see the back-to-school specials appear on TV, which we're not sure that's going to happen this year, but as soon as the back-to-school news comes out, usually our industry takes that dive because, you know, the summer vacation season's pretty much over. I don't know what's going to happen this year. I have a feeling when the heat wave is over, we're going to still be down. How much we're going to be down, I don't know. My guess is going to be 10%, Tony. You know, because there's still people hurting out there, people still not driving, the vacations aren't being done as much. Then, you know, you're not taking a trip to Disney World right now. 
You know, you're, you're not driving those big vacations, but the people are still camping and boating and things like that, fishing. So it's a really mixed bag. It's so hard to predict. I mean, there's no benchmark to look back on and go, oh, we've been through this before. Here's what we did. I mean, we're all flying by the seat of our pants. A lot of the shops I've talked to say that now that we're opening back up, they're seeing the businesses come back. That's likely the pent-up demand that you mentioned. Uh, the main fear seems to be that we'll have to do another shutdown if we don't get the COVID-19 situation under control. How are things in Ohio? Ohio's opened up, and it, it, uh, it was really funny. Tuesday, there was a big announcement that our governor was doing a press conference at 5.30, and there was all these rumors that he was going to shut us back down. I watched the press conference. It was a half hour of pretty much giving all the facts and said, hey, we just want everybody in the entire state to wear masks all the time, wherever you're at for the next two months, and we can nip this in the bud, no new restrictions. So we have a lot of restrictions in place. I mean, the restaurants now, if they had, you know, whatever their capacity was before, their capacity is cut by a third to 50% now because they got to seat every other table or every other booth. So the restaurants really have it the worst. The bars, uh, same thing. They got to spread everybody out. But for the most part, Governor DeWine shut us down early, kept us shut down, did everything he did, and we're in pretty darn good shape. So we're not anticipating any more major shutdowns right now. So we're coming back. But there's a lot of, you know, restaurants. My wife went to one other day, and the guy, the owner, was telling her that he's still in jeopardy of losing his business because the people still aren't coming out, even though he's open. And those restaurant owners, the cooks, the chefs, all the staff, that's our clients. You know, so if they're suffering, we're going to suffer sooner or later, um, mm. you know, along with them. So I, I, I don't think we're out of the woods. We're, we're treading water is what I would say right now. Well, as an essential business, I imagine your group has stayed open through the entire pandemic. And I assume you've been adopting the recommended mask wearing, social distancing and sanitizing practices, right? Oh, God, yes. The minute this happened, we wrote the policy. We reached out to the CDC and uh, OSHA and uh, EPA saying, how do we have to clean these cars to keep our clients safe? And as you know, they set a protocol for that out now. But uh, we follow that. What's ironic of that is, you know, we're doing everything and anything. And, and, and we're spending so much money on cleaning supplies and gloves and all that stuff. We actually had a client leave us a Google review complaining that during the pandemic, we should be dropping our prices to help everybody out. In reality, we should be raising our prices because now we're spending probably an extra half hour on every vehicle just cleaning it once before it comes in and after it comes out of the shop. And then all the cleaning supplies and gloves and, and face masks and that that we're spending on, we're all absorbing that cost right now. And uh, the cost of business is going up. You know, so I, I explained nicely that, you know, we're, we held our line on the pricing. Unfortunately, we can't give a discount because we absorbed extra costs just to compete with COVID. We need to take a hard look at probably adding 1%, 2% to the cost of our doing business to our clients because of what we have to go through. What's a 20 minutes, a half hour of shop time worth alone, plus your cleaning supplies? So as a cost of business, we're looking at business models of adding 2%, maybe 3% of a COVID-19 fee onto the bill. But I haven't pulled that trigger yet because that almost seems like that's jumping on, you know, and, and I don't want that our clients to feel that. So we're just absorbing it for now. 
Let's go back to the technician issues that started our conversation. Have you lost any technicians or had any technicians fail to come back to work because of the fear that's out there? Or has your staff worked through it and are kind of weathering the storm? Actually, uh, we have not lost one. When this all started, Governor DeWine said we were going to have a two-week shutdown and quarantine, and we were considered essential. So I literally went to my entire staff and said, hey, we're not going to lay anybody off. I don't want anybody to have to worry about, you know, losing the house payment, not being able to, you know, pay their, for their kids, you know, uh, band practice, whatever. I, I just don't want you to have to worry. So I'm going to cover you. If it gets slow, we're going to paint the shop. We'll clean. We'll do whatever. Well, that two weeks, of course, turned into two and a half months. <laughs> so, and then the government came out, was paying everybody the bonus to be laid off. We actually had guys requesting to be laid off because they can make almost as much money laid off as they could working. And I said, hey, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I promise I was never laying anybody off. Nobody's getting laid off. I had a couple guys that were a little ticked off that they, they really wanted to be laid off. And that I think is still a looming problem in the, maybe our industry, but a lot of industries where people don't want to come back to work because they got it pretty good on unemployment right now. Hmm. Have you taken advantage of the stimulus help that's out there, the PPP and the idle programs? Yes, we did. Yes. And, uh, and it did help because, you know, especially, you know, those three months when we were down those percentages, I kept the staff fully employed. So uh, it, it definitely helped. Well, Andy, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. Any last words or tips for our listeners when it comes to finding the talent they need? Be the good, friendly fun place to work and give them all the tools they need and the environment they need to do it in. And you will grab some of the guys away from the lesser shops out there. And, and it's amazing when I talk to these guys, how bad some of these shops are to work for. Mm. And, uh, you know, so there's some good talented guys out there, but they're really hard to find. And you got to, you know, once you get in front of them, you got to show them that you're the place to be. It sounds like you also spend a great deal of effort on retaining that talent. How long have most of your employees been with you? Uh, I can't remember the last time I lost an employee. Wow. Um, we, we've, uh, the only time I've actually lost people, and it was on three occasions where the wives wanted to relocate back to where their hometown and their mom and their dad was. So I lost one back to Colorado. He married a gal from Colorado. She was up here in school. They stayed here five years. The mother got a little bit ill. Like, I want to go back to be home. So I lost him to Colorado. I lost one to Florida the same way. And I lost one to South Carolina the same way. Uh, they married ladies that wanted to be back near mom and dad. And, and they followed their wives back home and lost them. And to this day, we still talk to them. They're still part of the family. But that's the only people I've lost. And I won't say, you know, when you get a new higher end, an entry level person, you go through those like water sometimes, but those are just porters and cleaning people, you know, to help clean the shop and things like that. And uh, every once in a while, one will make it. But, you know, most of those are, are the people still searching in their life what they want to do. And it's not cleaning an auto shop. So, yeah, I get it. Well, Andy, I want to thank you for your time today. We have been talking with Andy Fiffick, owner of Radar Complete Car Care in North Royalton, Ohio. Again, Andy, thanks for sharing your thoughts today. It's been great. Thanks, Tony. We'll look forward to talking again somewhere down the road. Have a great summer. You too. Stay well. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. 
If you're brand new to the ASA podcast or if you've been here before, I encourage you to subscribe so you won't miss some of the great things we have coming up in our future episodes. Just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening and you'll be good to go. If you enjoy our podcast and find our content valuable, make sure to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening to this. And if you're an automotive service facility shop owner listening to this podcast and you'd like to know more about ASA, I invite you to visit our website at asashop.org. I'm Tony Mala, and thanks for listening.